Hey there. Today we're going to ask the question, who are you going to call? Welcome to clienting. Well, hi there, everyone out there on the internet. All those people in podcast land, thank you for tuning in to the Clienting Podcast, the podcast for anyone who wants to know how to more effectively work with creative people, know how creative people think, and do what they can to make the work better. And today's episode is about the people that every client should have in their contact list, right? Back in the day, we used to call it a Rolodex, back in the the dark ages of the advertising business. When, um, funny story, when I started my first ad agency with two clients, I was just a kid at the time, but we went to the bankruptcy auction of the agency we all worked for because it had gone out of business. And the only thing I bid on and bought were all of the Rolodexes at the agency. And it was a really valuable thing for me to buy because it contained all of the numbers of all the people, all the vendors, all those experts that we might need to contact in the process of running a new ad agency. And, uh, you know, the truth is the work we do is really only as good as the network we maintain in many cases. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the kinds of people I believe every client should have in their network, right? And, um, When I publish this in the show notes, we will have maybe some recommendations for people in this, in this list, right? I might even drop a few names in the podcast. You never know. You never, never know. But anyway, here we go. Let's, um, let's talk about the kinds of people that every client should have in their contact list. Okay. Number one, first up, you should have a good freelance creative team. And I'm not talking about a copywriter and an art director. I'm talking about a proven team who can do big conceptual creative ideas. Why do you need to have these folks in your in your contact list? Well, some days you might need to do something faster or less expensive or just different from what your agency can provide. Some days you need to short circuit the process that your current ad agency has and come up with something fresh and different, something unexpected. And the best way to do that is to go after a couple of iconoclastic creative people that can, you know, hit the ground running and give you a bunch of ideas that your agency would be too afraid to give you. Freelancers are never afraid to give you ideas. When I freelance, I give my clients all the ideas, even the ideas I know they'll hate because I want them to have the benefit of range. Agencies usually operate out of fear of what the client's going to think. So, and especially when account service people get involved, they have a way of weeding out the oddball ideas before they get to to the client's desk. So, you know, have a, a freelance team on speed dial, right? This team can be the A team, which means they are a team that has won lots of awards, um, or they could be a B team, which means they would have a good amount of experience, at least five years of experience or 10 years of experience, maybe not as many awards as the A team, but they are going to be much less expensive than the A team. And that's nice, right? Um, 
but you don't really want the C team. You don't want a junior team that's hungry unless you know that they have struck gold a few times, right? They probably won't be able to get you where you need to go as quickly as you need to get there. So that's what you need. A good A or B team of freelancers that can get some ideas to you quickly and inexpensively, right? Next, a proofreader. You know, it's funny when you, when a lot of people have a big document to proof, the, the thing that happens is they tend to have it proofed in-house by people they think are good proofreaders, but the best proofreaders are people who have been trained to be proofreaders. Okay. They have certifications in proofreading. They, they have done it for years. It's something that they're really good at and they specialize in it. Um, I've worked with agency people that were relatively good proofreaders, but I've never worked with a, with an agency person. Well, actually that's not true. I have worked with one agency traffic manager who was quite possibly in my top two proofreaders of all time. Um, but the proofreader I work with right now is my offspring, Sonny Sanders. And, um, Sonny is actually the most amazing proofreader I have ever worked with. They have just made it an art. They make me look good. So I bring my stuff to Sonny every time. Um, next up, it would be a good idea for you to have on speed dial, a solid IP attorney. Okay. An attorney who can help you do things like copyright searches and trademark searches and who can give you some recommendations when it comes to new product names and things like that. Now, th this can be a double-edged sword because I have never met an IP attorney who wasn't defaulting to no in a lot of situations. It's really hard to find a good attorney who will help you get you where you want to go instead of telling you where you can't go, right? Because that's the nature of the beast with intellectual property these days. And a good attorney to do their job is going to help you not get sued. So a good attorney will often say what you can't do, right? Don't do this or you'll get sued. Don't do this or you'll get sued. A great attorney is one who helps you figure out, helps you walk through that, that minefield of legality and get you to the copyright that you need you know, that you need to attain, right? Gets you that name that you want to secure, allows you to figure out trademarks and things like that. I work with a good one now in, in the Hartford area. And uh, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't call anybody else to tell you the truth. Okay, next up, let's talk about photographers, okay? Um, photographers are an interesting group, okay? You might think that you would only need a couple of photographers in your in your speed dial but the truth is that it's really a good idea to have you know a few photographers right um, you might need a portrait photographer i can give you the name of an incredible corporate portrait photographer someone who will come to your office and set up lights and and give you something that you've never seen before that's beautiful and well and well composed you might need a drone photographer someday you might need a product photographer. And oftentimes you could use an editorial photographer. You know, sometimes one shooter can do all these things, 
you know, someone who's a good sort of jack of all trades photographer, but often photographers like to specialize in a certain kind of thing. Okay. So I estimate that I have about 30 friends who are photographers and you can never have too many visual people in your contact list. They're good people to have on hand. They, they will always give you a good recommendation when it comes to imagery, right? Similarly, if you have a photographer, it's good to have an illustrator, right? Um, and, and also a fine artist. Now, an illustrator and an artist are two different things, okay? An illustrator is someone who you have an idea that you want somebody to, to create for you in an illustration, and, and they will do that. They'll do it for a for a price. They will quote you a price and they will deliver an illustration. A fine artist is different and you probably would want them in your contact list for different reasons. Um, Sometimes fine artists are the kinds of people that can do something on commission and sometimes fine artists are the kind of people that you need to talk to about inspiration, okay, that you need to get a consult with on a look or a feel that you're trying to get into some of the work that your agency's creating. So that there's a difference there, right? Um, photographers, illustrators, fine artists, they're all, they all deal in imagery, but they all do it in a very different way. Okay. Next up, I think it's really valuable for any client to have a stand-up comedian or someone connected to the stand-up world in their contact list. Why is that? Well, someday you may have an event, you may have an award show, a, a roast, you might, have, you might have a video that needs some really dynamic on-camera talent. You might have a voiceover that requires comedic timing. It's always good to know a few comedians, you know? It's always good to know where the laughs are coming from. And... You know, comedians are really good at honing material. They work on it and work on it and work on it to make sure it's as funny as it can be. So sometimes you can get a stand-up comic to write a script or two, and they would be funnier than an ad person could make them. You know, not funnier than I could, of course, but, you know, many stand-up comedians are are excellent writers, by the way. Um, so it's always good to have a connection to that world. Um, next up. It's good to know at least one casting agent in your market, okay? Someone who can get you a voiceover actor or an on-camera actor, someone who can get you characters to be in a small film, someone who can connect you with actors and talent. Um, Casting directors are the kinds of people you really want to know because they, they tend to separate the people who think they can act from the people who actually can act. You know, there are a lot of people out there that want to do that kind of work, that want to be working actors, but they're not necessarily always good at it. A good casting director will help you get, separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. Next up, and this is a must, okay? This next one is really critical. It's always good to know a professional recording engineer, audio engineer, or a recording studio, somebody who owns a recording studio. This kind of thing comes in very handy when you do videos, when you create podcasts, when you have music to mix, 
when you want to bring a bunch of people together to create a production in a studio with good quality microphones. You know, I'm talking to you through a, a serviceable microphone right now, but my friends who own recording studios, they have amazingly beautiful, luxurious sounding microphones that y- you really could not do better than some of these microphones that these folks have. Not only that, but they have chops. They know how to take 20 minutes of material and edit it down to 20 seconds. They, they, they can really make you sound much better than you really are. So yeah, get to know somebody who owns a recording studio or is at least a professional audio engineer. And also it, it's beneficial to know a couple people in this area because some people are really good at remote recording, recording on the streets. And some people are really good at studio recording. So um, that can come in handy. Next up, get to know or make a connection with one or two world-class designers who have done logos that you admire. Okay. I'm very fortunate to have worked with a bunch of amazing designers in my career. Some who have done logos that you would recognize right away. And, uh, A good world-class designer is good to know because they tend, especially if they're older, they tend not to beat around the bush. They'll tell you if they like something. They'll tell you if something works. They're really good at talking about their work. They're really good at talking about other people's work. If you need a consult on a design that you're doing and you have a friend in your contact list who can give you straight analysis of the work that you're being sold by another provider, especially someone who, you know, can speak anonymously and just give you the straight scoop on whether you're getting a good design or not. It's very valuable. It can save you weeks of time. It can save you tens of thousands of dollars. Okay. So yeah, get to know a world-class designer. They're also very, very interesting people. I have to tell you, designers uh, tend to talk about stuff in a way that makes you in awe of the way they think. You know, they speak in visual language. They, they love good work and they know, they, they know it when they see it and they're happy to talk about it. And, you know, dinner with a designer is always a treat for me. Okay. Next up, get to know three or more, maybe four or five, Solid video producers or video production houses at three or more levels. Okay. These kinds of folks come in different levels of accomplishment. All right. I mean, you don't want to work with anyone who doesn't do good work, good, solid work, but there are differences at each level. Okay. There are some video production companies that do good, solid videos narrative videos, but they tend to do the same thing over and over again. If you look at their portfolios, if you look at their reels, you will see essentially the same structure in every video. I know a video production house who, it just seems to me like they start every video they do with a drone shot. Okay. Now it's probably not true, but it just seems like every time I look at one of their videos, It starts with a big panoramic drone shot that zooms in to the subject matter, right? Um, So there are, there, like I said, there are different levels of video production. 
there are people that do really good industrial, what we used to call industrial videos, or they're corporate videos, right? And then there, at the other end of the spectrum, there are true filmmakers, okay? And I've worked with everyone in between, from the, from the, from the filmmaker all the way down to the commercial corporate video creator, okay? The, the ones who tend to be filmmakers are the ones that never skimp on things like directors of photography or sound um, or lighting, right? And the ones that do really good corporate videos, they tend to fly a little bit more by the seat of their pants. They tend to be a little less expensive. Um, so like I said, get to know two or three or more different video production houses or producers. Um, the producer is just, you know, especially a freelance producer can work with a bunch of video production houses. So if you make friends with a really good video producer and explain your project to them, they can usually point you to the production company that is in your budget range and also does the kind of work that you need to have done, right? So that's kind of critical, you know, finding the right production company for the video that you envision, right? Okay, next up, in your contact list, you really need to have a PR professional. And by a PR professional, I'm talking about somebody who does press relations, someone who has a story, writes it up, sells it to different publications, gets it online, gets it in the hands of editors, has friends who are editors, gets it out there, and makes you famous, okay? Um, PR people are very different from advertising people, although I've never met a PR person who didn't think they could do advertising. Um, and I've never met an advertising person who wanted to do PR. <laughs> so, so take that for what it's worth, right? But a PR pro can be incredibly valuable because you have, you have a story, they write it up, they do the legwork, and um, you know overnight you can reach a bunch of people that you, that you didn't know were out there, a bunch of customers that you didn't know existed. Similarly, but not the same, get to know and have on file the phone number and email address of a crisis PR pro because you never know when the blank is going to hit the fan. Am I right? Yes, I am. A crisis PR professional can save you in many ways. They can save your stock price. They can save your... If something bad happens, it's always good to have somebody who knows what they're doing when it comes to crisis PR. Um, I used to work uh, as a freelancer within an agency that had a PR firm sister company, right? And they were the PR firm for the Boston Marathon on the day that someone dropped dead on the Boston Marathon's finish line. That was the day the Boston Marathon was very glad they had a professional crisis PR firm on retainer. Came in very handy for them. Um, and this was, this was before the, um, the marathon bombing that happened in Boston. Um, it was a, it was just a runner who, who, I think he actually crossed the finish line and then passed away. Um, and awful, awful thing to happen. And, you know, the, the crisis PR firm jumped into action and made sure that they were able to float a story 
that was sensitive to the family of the deceased person, but also didn't tarnish the reputation of the marathon. It's kind of kind of important to have somebody like that on your team. Okay, next up. Here's somebody that you might not think about that would be a good person to have on speed dial, or at least have their email address, especially in the springtime. But how about a university or design school professor who's your friend, who knows your industry, who knows your business, and also knows the names of two or three or four really talented young people that you can hire right out of school. Um, I've had the benefit of knowing a few university professors who had some amazing design students, and I was able to, to be the first or second creative director to look at those people's portfolios, and that was amazing. Um, you, never, you never get another chance to find somebody with raw talent in that way unless you see them right out of school. So make friends with a university professor, someone who loves his students and, and is able to make a strong and honest recommendation of somebody's talent. Um, you will never go wrong with that relationship. Okay, next up. This is going to sound kind of weird, but it's always good in your contact list to have the name of somebody who can make stuff, right? A maker. And what I mean by that is, Someone who can actually build things, okay? Um, and this may not just be one person. It might be a collection of people. But for example, one time we had a concept that we needed to photograph. And we needed a square basketball as part of that concept. And we had to contact a person who could actually make us a square basketball. A basketball in the shape of a cube, not a round basketball. And it had to look like a real basketball. It had to look like it would, you know, maybe bounce funny, but still you could play basketball with it. That's something that not everybody's good at doing, right? Um, once in a while, you need to create a giant foam sculpture of something. Sometimes you need somebody to sew something or knit something or create a big fabric, uh, fabric piece that goes on the wall, you know? So people who can make things, people who are good with their hands, it's always good to have those people in your contact list. Similarly, it's good to have a professional theatrical production professional or two in your Rolodex, especially somebody who's been a, a theatrical producer or a production manager or a production engineer, someone who basically makes things for the theater, who can create sets, who can find props, who can, you know. And why would you need to know someone like this? Well, what if you have an event? What if you have an event that has a theme and you need to create a environment for that event within that theme? So you call a production person up and you say, hey, we're, tr you know, here's a good example. We're trying to create somebody's living room in the middle of a shopping mall, okay? It's got to look like a living room from the 60s. And you talk to a production person and they say, okay, well, here's the kind of lighting you need. Here's the kind of rug that you need. Here's where we can go for all the set dressing. Here's where we can go for the drapes and the slip covers and the furniture and the lamps, right? You know, it's, it's something that a good art director might be able to do, but a theatrical production person could pull it off in a couple of days, right? Okay, next up. 
And this is kind of specific to your industry, right? Or your business. But it's always good to have some kind of super expert on call at all times, okay? A scientist, an engineer, a doctor, a nurse. It just, it just depends. You know, for example, I have a client who's in the insurance business, right? And they have called upon an expert who's an economic futurist to help talk about what's happening in the world and how it's going to impact the insurance business. It's not them saying it. It's the expert saying it. It's not them thinking, okay, this might happen. It's the expert saying, you know, there's a 90% chance of this happening. That's kind of critical. Um, I can tell you that when I was working for a medical device company and we needed to come up with some new names for an old existing product line, we were renaming and repositioning product line. I actually hired a friend of mine who's a doctor to help me name these products. And, you know, I knew that this gentleman, this physician was creative and could do the kind of work that we needed to be done, but it was really super critical that we got it right. So having a doctor on board to come up with these names with me really, well, first of all, it made the client feel good, made the client feel secure in the choice that they had made, but it also allowed us to sort of circum, circumnavigate around the, the, the crazy ideas that we, we couldn't come up with, right? It allowed us to eliminate all the bad ideas long before they ever got to the client. And that made the client feel even better, right? So yeah, an expert. You are listening to Clienting, the podcast for anyone who wants to improve the state of the client-creative relationship. If you like Clienting, please tell a friend and visit us at client-ing.com and review us on iTunes. Now back to our show. I can remember back when... I was doing stuff in the scientific realm for, it was biosciences, lab sciences, and things like that for a big scientific company. And we would come up with ideas, but we had a sort of a, a mini focus group of PhDs. And we would basically send these ideas to this small group of lab scientists, you know, PhDs and, and you know, people that did actually did the work in the labs in the, in the, biological sciences and the chemical engineering sciences. And we would show them the ideas and we would say, does this make sense? Is this wrong in some way? Is there a way to make this better? Is there a way to make this clearer? And that kind of expertise was something that was, you know, we could have faked our way through it, but there's no faking some things, you know, either you know it or you don't. So an expert can help you get there a lot faster, right? Next up, Who should you have in your contact list? A great private chef. Why? Well, someday you might need to put on a dinner, a special dinner to say thank you to your management team or to your customers or to your ad agency. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, Someday you may need to really do something luxurious for a special customer, right? with wine and incredible food. And a private chef is a good person to know because a private chef knows the best place to get linens and the best place to get the food you're going to serve. A private chef knows the best pastry chef. A private chef knows all about wine 
a private chef can really make a meal into something memorable and special and spectacular, right? So get to know a couple of private chefs. They can, they can be very good resources. And you know, it, this goes back to the one about expertise, right? I once hired a private chef to help me name a company that made knives, that made cooking knives. So I hired a private chef to be a part of that creative team. And it was great that that person was on my contact list. All right, next up, switching gears completely. All right, who should you have on your contact list? A corporate psychologist or a therapist, okay? Maybe for you, maybe for someone on your team, maybe for you to better understand the way other people are thinking in a given situation. Maybe if you're in a very stressful industry and you see people under the weight of that stress, maybe that kind of resource would come in handy. Maybe someone on your team is having a tough time at home. You know, it's kids or marriage problems or, or sickness. You know, it's always good to have some professional help in that area, you know, especially someone that you can have on retainer and you can say, you know what, I'm trying to get X out of this employee and this employee is not giving me X, they're giving me Y. Help me understand how I can get X from them. And sometimes that, that corporate psychologist or therapist will say, okay, let's, let's bring that employee in. I'll do a session or two with that person and we'll see if we can get X for you, right? So super helpful and often part of your insurance will pay for it. So, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be crazy expensive, but it's always, I've never been in a therapy situation that I never found valuable, okay? Um, so there you go. Next up, who do you have? A production whiz. You need a production, a print production wizard on your team. Someone who knows how to put together files, someone who knows how to source typography, someone who has all the access codes to all the stock photography in the world, someone who can build something in just about any program, whether it's Figma or InDesign or Photoshop or whatever. Someone who really understands the technical nature of print production, okay? And you might think that any designer can do this, but it's not the case, okay? When you have a photography snafu, you know, sometimes photography doesn't look the way you want it to look and, and a real true print production pro can help you figure out how to get that photograph to print the right way. So that's a good person to have. Next up. It's always good to know an author or publisher in your field. You never know when you might think that a book project could help your marketing, right? Sometimes a book project is just what you need to focus your message, to hone your message, to get it out to the largest audience, to give your message gravitas, right? And if you know a good ghostwriter or an author or somebody involved in the publishing business, then that's going to make it just that much easier for you to get that book out there. So good person to know. Next up, it's a good idea to have a location scout on speed dial. Sometimes a location scout is someone who can find a place where you can do photography or shoot a video or a commercial that is ideal. You know, sometimes you have an idea and it requires a specific location, someplace that is 
beautiful or idyllic, some place that is spooky or scary, some place that looks futuristic. And you never really want to have your staff, you don't want to depend on your staff to come up with that location. A location scout does that for a living. They find those places for you. They negotiate the prices. They have a database full of such places, and they know how to go about securing those locations and booking them on a specific day for you. So a location scout can be someone who's, you know, super tuned in to the kind of work you're doing. And you can get a location scout who is specializing in your particular region of the country, or you can get a fantastic location scout that it knows locations all across the country. Just depends on how much money you want to pay. But a location scout is a fantastic resource to have on hand. All right, next up, get the email address or phone number of a professional composer and sound designer, okay? And this is different from an audio engineer or recording studio. A professional composer can give you original music. They can create music that you can own. And in some situations, that is far better than using stock music. Stock music can be fine for some projects, but sometimes you need some music that is yours alone. Um, I had a friend, he's now deceased, but he was an amazing composer, and he created um, some special music as an intro for a podcast we were creating. And it just made the project, it made everybody feel good about the project because it was original, bespoke music. So cool, so different. I love that piece of music. Okay, next up, an event planner. Have an event planner on speed dial. You, you never know, you know? So someday your boss is going to come to you and say, we need to do this. And that's not the kind of thing that, that an amateur should be planning, an amateur event planner, even if you've thrown a good party or two in your day. An event planner knows who to call and how to get everything together. You know, if you need something to hit its mark on a specific day and time, go to an event planner. Let them, let them absorb all of the frustration and anxiety and nervousness around creating that event. You know, they're professionals at it. They can do a job that, you know, they can do amazing things. So just get the right people to do it. Last two. First, make friends with a confidant who is in your industry but who is not a competitor, okay? Make sure there's no conflict of interest. Make sure there's no possibility that anything you talk to this person about could come back to bite you. But it's always good to have a friend, a confidant, somebody that you can talk to and share information with who's in your industry, who knows what you're up against, who knows the, the stresses and the hurdles and the roadblocks that often show up in your industry. Somebody that you can talk to, share ideas with, and, you know, they don't need to be a mentor. They could just be a sounding board, but they really do need to know your specific situation. It could be somebody who's retired from your industry. It could be somebody that worked in your industry but no longer does. But always good to have one strong, close confidant who knows what you're up against and can be a sounding board for you and can help you troubleshoot different situations if you need to. And then lastly, who should you have in your contact list? 
someone from the agency that you didn't hire in your last review. Okay. Now, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to keep that person's contact information and stay in touch with them? Well, first of all, if you made an emotional connection with that agency, but did not hire them, there's probably a reason you probably had some kind of connection to them, some kind of affinity for what they were doing and what the way they did it. And the other thing is agency relationships can be long, but many of them are short. Why are they short? Well, the average tenure for a CMO in our industry is about 18 months. And that means that the average agency relationship is around 18 months as well, because a CMO leaves, the new CMO comes in, and they often want to hire a new agency. They want to hire, they want to bring their own people in, right? So it's a good idea to at least maintain contact with those agencies for whom you have an affinity. Somebody that you can talk to off the record. Someone you can share things with and get their opinion. You know, I've, I've been in many, many agency reviews, more than I can count. And I can tell you that those people that I have maintained connections with are the ones that eventually we either become friends or we do work together. Um, and I am always willing to reach out to somebody who didn't hire my agency just to say, hey, if you ever need a third opinion, you know, if you ever need a sanity check, I'm always around. I'm always happy to help, you know. Uh, so those are the people that you should have in your digital Rolodex, dear client. Those are the folks. And there's probably others. You know, if you can think of others, please send me an email and let me know. Maybe we'll do a part two of this. You know, maybe we'll do a, a follow-up on this of people who you should delete from your contact list, right? That might be a longer podcast. You never know. You never know. Anyway, until next time, this is your old pal Grant Sanders saying, be well. You've been listening to Clienting, the podcast for anyone who wants to improve the state of client-creative relationships. For more, visit us at client-ing.com. And sign up to receive helpful info about making the work better. That's the goal. Better work. The Clienting Podcast was produced by Ray McSriff, with help from Scott Dork and edited by Bobson Dugnut and Willie Dustis. Technical support by Mike Truck. Music by Anatoly Smorin. Creative support from Sonny Sanders and Tony Smerick. Special thanks to Anson Sweeney and Kevin Nogilny and the amazing Lisa Furland. This is your host, Grant Sanders. See you next time.